Hey guys, welcome to the Tower of Babel Game of Thrones Breakdown. Uh, this is Season 4, Episode 4, uh, Oathkeeper. Uh, I'm joined by Dan. What's up? I'm Julian. Um, so, if you haven't you know, listened to the show before, we discuss the show as a show, so that's important, I think, to get off right away for every episode. And as well, uh, we don't spoil anything. Uh, Dan's read the books. I haven't. He's not going to spoil anything um, for any of the future episodes. Or I will personally murder him. I'm, regardless of what other people will do. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously discuss everything that's led up to here as well. So there's spoilers from Season 1, Episode 1, all the way to now. Um, other than that... Oh, yeah, some people actually sent me some nice messages on Twitter saying that we were doing a good job with the show. So thanks to uh-huh. them. I appreciate the kind words. But uh, let's jump in, I guess. Jump right in. My favorite way to start every episode. <laughs> Um, so we started in Marine. Uh, we've now had three episodes leading up to, uh, this point. She got there last week and, uh, a little anticlimactic for my taste, actually. Yep. <laughs> um, so it starts off, we have, uh, Grey Worm and Miss Sunday, or how do you pronounce her name? Yeah, that was pretty good. Miss Sunday. Miss Sunday. And they're, they're, she's teaching him how to speak English or whatever they call it there, I guess. The common tongue. And, um... It's going all right, but they kind of they kind of talking about their histories. It's, I don't know. It's not that interesting, really. Um, yeah, they're both slaves. They're both taken from their homes. Blah blah blah. Yeah, summer the Summer Isles or something like that. Um, He's from the Summer Isles. She's from North. But mm, I don't know where either of those places are. I'd have to look at a map, I guess. Um, anyway, so they send in a Grey Worm and a bunch of uh, slaves. I guess is um, I'm sullied unsullied into in, in there as like what so like inspire revolt i guess as as like i guess yeah freed slaves telling these other slaves they can be free too they just have to take it mm. it's good it's a cool little speech that gray worm gives in his like that other language which is pretty cool every time they give a speech in like made up languages i'm pretty <laughs> impressed um but like okay so you, you see this city it's massive right but then they go into this like this this the guess the sewers and there's only like maybe 50 slaves in there. Would you assume is only like maybe 0.5% of all the slaves in the entire city? You'd assume. Something just like based that. Like the sa- yeah, but like maybe a little bit more, but like just yeah. because it's so big. Um, and then that somehow inspires everyone to turn. And not only that, the way they show it happen is one guy in an alleyway with, nowhere, with no one else in it getting killed by a bunch of slaves. It's literally the... And I, like I said, the most anticlimactic way you could take a city that they've been leading up to for three weeks. Uh, yeah, I think uh, their money's being spent elsewhere, so they had to kind of. I yeah, I get it. I cut, get as, cut a few costs with this big battle and just make it like that. Was in the book? Was it a big battle? No, not really. It was similar to this. A few minor changes, but uh, like she did kind of take it through the sewers. She sent different people, and it wasn't really the slaves revolting. It was her army mm. fighting it as well as the slaves revolting, but. Also, I'm, I'm confused as why they had to send them in, like, in disguise. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, because they, they weren't really challenged by anybody. Yeah, them. they went going through the sewers. I mean, there's not like they're going to be, like, a guard down there, and they'll be like, oh, okay, carry on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, that's just a minor nitpick. Yeah. Um, so, they give, like, but the thing is that they, they said they said is there's three slaves for every one master or whatever in the in the city. They, they gave that number. Yeah. 
but it's like that that massive distinction between what we're seeing and then what we're what we see like afterwards of them having the whole city that's just like it just almost doesn't even make sense like they should have maybe shown just a little bit more you know like a couple yeah, more people more than, in this... more than one guy being killed yeah uh, also a thing that I noticed was that they had the Targaryen like uh, flag up yep. on the thing which you don't see the Targaryen flag very often like her sigil well, at all actually where, why would you because she's the only one left right well I know but like you just don't like you don't she doesn't like wave it around very often it's no. not like she wears it you know it's also something that's pretty much only recognized in the seven kingdoms yeah but then she puts it on top of the I guess what yeah. is that thing a harpy on the top yeah. yeah anyway so she gets a pretty cool throne room pretty much the most badass I think you know what? Even more badass than the throne room in uh, <laughs> in, in the King's Seven Land. Kingdoms in King's Landing, um, <clears throat> because it's on the top of a pyramid, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then we get this the whole uh, interaction with Sir Barristan and her kind of saying, you know, him trying to trying to you know uh, what's he what's he say you know to meet injustice with um, with mercy with mercy, and she says to meet injustice with justice, which is super cheesy, by the way. Like one of the yeah. cheesiest lines is that also is that from the book? I don't, you don't know? I don't know. I don't remember. It's not exactly like that. But, but yeah, cheesy nonetheless. Um, so she get 163 or 67. Um, 163. 163. So he crucifies them like she, they like they did to those those children. Um, and they show it done this time, which is pretty, you know, gruesome. And also the one hand through the chest, I, like, that's got to be, like, they got to die a lot faster that way, <laughs> you'd assume. <laughs> You know, because they have to nail yeah. it through the hand, through their body, and then all the way onto the. It's like a big nail, you know. That's, I, yeah, I'm, solid twelve inch spike. I'm speak. I'm like I'm speaking like logistics here. Like that's just difficult <laughs> to do. Um, other than that, we see like a similar kind of celebration, like what happened with uh, the last city. What was the last one she freed? Yunkai. Yunkai with like the Misa Misa thing, which is yeah. Everybody well, loves her because they mm-hmm. freed because she freed the slaves. Yeah, cool. We well, get she, it. Sure, and. Um, other than that, like, is it anything else? Like, just like, it's kind of just like, yeah, we get it. Now what? You know, like, <laughs> it's like treading water. It's like the definition of treading water. Do something. We haven't seen her dragons in two weeks now. So I don't know what they're doing. I guess off hunting sheep, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, Among other things. You'd assume, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm just really disappointed that after three episodes of leading up to this, and a pretty cool, like, scene last week with the whole knife and the head of the, you know, like, the decapitation thing, and then we get to this, and it's, like, super disappointing, you know? Yeah, the whole thing, she took all three of those cities, and she really didn't have to fight a lot. And this is the, like, well, yeah, I guess. And this is the least disappointing of all of them, I think. The most or least? The least, or the most disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, at least yeah, visually. I'm pretty sure in the books it's a little bit of a siege before they finally go through with that plan, and like it just lasts for a few more chapters. Which again, the, the show doesn't need. Yeah, we well, don't need. To see that would be the last thing we need. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, like I, I don't know. Do you have you have any more thoughts on this scene or this no. series of events? I don't. Neither do I really. Yeah. I just want to see her kind of get, yeah, you know, make hay while the sun is up. You know, at some point during the season. That's a really weird saying. Make hay while the sun's up. Yeah. I, I know what sometimes I use I throw in weird sayings and people are like I've literally never heard that before and I'm like I don't honestly don't even know where I hear them but I just like I they seem yeah. appropriate you know uh, that was a weird one anyways whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go to King's Landing and I want to stay in King's Landing because they actually leave and come back so we're gonna st- mm-hmm. we're gonna go right through and I think it actually makes for a more interesting conversation anyway okay. so uh, we have we start with Braun and Jamie they're still practicing their f- sword fighting. Um, 
He's getting better with his left hand, which is cool. But Braun's still trying to fight with, quote-unquote, without honor. I'm doing mm-hmm. air quotes there if you couldn't see me. Um, by taking off his metal hand and beating him with it, which is, I thought was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, like that, that that's all just kind of vi- like just visual like stuff. It's kind of that same reiterating what he said last time with the whole, um, you know, n- kicking him when he was down thing. Yeah. And then, really, what's what's great here is when they sit down. They're kind of sharing, uh, I guess, a drink of water, um, and he kind of reminds us about what happened with Tyrion in the Eyrie in season one, when yeah. um, brought uh, he named Bronn his champion to fight it, and he was freed or whatever. But originally, which I forgot, and I think most people also probably forgot, is that um, he actually named Jaime first, but because it had to happen then, Bronn was then the one that he that. Um, was used right yeah so as this, they have this great kind of like he's kind of essentially guilt tripping him and saying you know hey like he's your brother you should probably go see him you know um and then he has that great line at the end it's like you know he asked you to fight for them then um you know will you fight for him now which i you know i thought is great everything with braun is great and i say this every week but it's really it's yeah. so true <laughs> um anything you want to say as far as this scene which uh i i liked a lot I'm not, i wouldn't say it's my favorite Again. but it's good I think we agree as as much screen time for Jerome Flynn like the better. Is that the He's guy? always awesome. That's who plays Bron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and actually Nikolai Custer Waldo as well. Jamie's pretty good too. Yeah, well, especially that it's probably his best um, performance yet. I'd say this episode yeah. for for Jamie. Um, the scene itself really just sets the stage for the the, the, the more next important scene. scene. Yeah. yeah, which is this this one here with Jeremy Jamie and uh, Tyrion actually sit have kind of like last week where. Um, uh, 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 what's his name? Pod, Pod came and visited. So now Jamie came. They're both in, in, in a you know interesting kind of um, the way they they framed it. Jamie's sitting down as well, and as well as Tyrion, which is so they're on the same level. Yeah, on the same level. Um, and they're kind of talking about you know what's been happening. They each kind of ask like each other like you know can't believe you would think that i would kill you know your son which he keeps trying to distance himself from jamie does the whole yeah. your son thing and the whole i i you know and then he thinks are you here to kill me and he's like well i can't believe you'd think i'd kill my own brother which i think was kind of you know was nice it was a nice little also the king slayer brothers is a nice ring to it as well <laughs> um although we know Tyrion had nothing to do with it. yeah exactly so the whole i remember i mentioned last week that this interaction that they teased with him coming to visit um, Tyrion, Jamie coming to visit Tyrion, would be interesting if he had any motivation to actually kill <coughs> Tyrion, and that it would actually have some some actual tension. But because of the scene beforehand, and uh, for a couple other reasons, it doesn't really have any of that tension at all. You don't really expect him to do it um, mm-hmm. at all. So, which is nice because they even address that right away. Um, Jamie comes clean, does tell him that Cersei was kind of, you know, wishing it, wishes that he was dead, which he kind of figured anyway. Yeah. Um, but and then it kind of asks for his help when he says, like, I don't know how I can really help you. And really, he hasn't really, they don't really address that. He doesn't really say how he can really help him. No, all Tyrion says is you can f- let me go free. Yeah. Which Jamie obviously can't just do that. Well, he could, but it just, it wouldn't really, yeah. it would, what would that accomplish, you know? Um, so... What else happens here? Um, we also find out that he has also asked him about Sansa. Jamie still kind of thinks that maybe Sansa was, you know, responsible. Um, Tyrion, like, you know, rules that out really quick, which also has a nice, um, you know, juxtaposition with what happens with the scene with Sansa and the, and the next scene. But um, mm-hmm. 
other than that, I think that that pretty much covers it. Other than um... well, one thing I thought that was neat that he said is that sauce is not a killer. But then he like he waited a couple minutes and he said or a couple seconds he said yet. Yeah, well, well, because so much bad shits happened to her, you'd assume that eventually mm-hmm. she'd be pushed to do something that you know she you wouldn't expect her to do. Which I wouldn't be surprised if we see that happen. Which is not uncommon with this show where they'll you know give a hint like that and then pay it off in like two years so um also the thing i actually mentioned last week i asked you if there's a word for when someone kills a king and I, they, they, they said it what it was this site's regicide exactly yeah. which we couldn't remember but hmm. that's just a just a little thing from last week i was trying to to, to clear up um i think that touches everything on this scene i really liked it i it's either my favorite scene or my second favorite scene of the episode which i think we started last week with picking our favorite (laughs) but uh this is either my favorite or my second favorite was this one um so we move on to the next one little finger and sansa they're still on the ship not given any really um they're in the ship so you don't have any idea really where they are although it still looks foggy out which is weird um so Littlefinger is kind of, you know, giving... We get a little glimpse into his mind here a little bit, what his motivations are, which are apparently just to have none. I, his man... is The whole thing, his quote is, a man with no motive is a man with uh, no... Uh, no one suspects. Which yeah. is fair, because I didn't suspect him for that very reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, nobody would have. He, nobody had yeah. any reason. He to, also right? wasn't there, which is another yeah. reason I didn't think he was him. Um we do find out actually who is responsible um, and how how it actually went down. I, I kind of, um, which we'll talk about in the next scene. Um, but he kind of explains why he did what he did with as far as killing Joffrey. He did it to um, to keep people on their toes, I guess, and uh, also to uh, to kind of forge a new alliance with um, presumably the Tyrells, which he doesn't say explicitly, but you can assume new friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also find out where they're going. He's taking Sansa to his aunt Lysa's, right? Lysa? So her aunt, her aunt Lysa. Yeah, not his aunt, her aunt Lysa, which is in the Eyrie, um, yeah. which is the same place Arya's heading to. You know, so yeah. that's that's yeah. good. That's much good. Important to note uh, to mention because there's actually a couple things in this week where um, they're teasing uh, Starks meeting up again for, although we've been teased that before, right? So, yeah. He- you never know. You don't want to get your hopes up when it comes to yeah. Starks meeting each other because it's more likely that there's someone's going to die before that happens. Um, anyway, they also explained that the necklace, which you kept teasing uh, <laughs> the last two weeks, was was important as far as the death of Joffrey. Um, I, it's, I'm still not exactly sure how. Um, I might have to go back and watch the, the death scene again with yeah. this in mind. Go, go watch it. It's in there for sure. Okay, I guess maybe if you if you're really if, during the scene, did you were you watching to see what happened and you could see the events? Yeah, you could. Yeah. Okay, so well because it, I read the, like I, because I knew what to look for, right? But if you don't yeah. know what to look for, it's going to look like nothing. Mm-hmm. This is but fair. Yeah, there is something happens, and then there's a jewel missing from Sansa's necklace for the rest of the wedding, mm. and that's your hint. And okay, and any well, okay, you don't um, see anything enter the cup. That see that's that's the thing. So you don't if that's. If you don't see anything into the cup, then there's a whole thing where it's like, well, then how did it happen, right? There's that piece. There might be everything else might be in place, but if that's not explained, then you're kind of left with like a, you just have to take a leap of faith and assume it happened at some point. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it's 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 not yeah, it's not fully explained, but it's it, it, all the pieces are there. Well, it it seems odd to me because if her necklace, the gem from her necklace, was what was the poison, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it had to enter the cup, which was on the the head table, which is in front of hundreds of guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but there's a there's a point when you rewatch the scene where he puts the cup down right next to Marjorie and Lady Elena, while he's talking, and then he's talking to Tyrion, and then the pie comes, and then he gets his cup back. Marjorie hands it to him. Oh, okay, interesting. All right, fair enough. Um, anyways, that necklace, that same necklace, is still on that boat with um, a dead Sir Dantos. So maybe that that boat turns up at some point. Um, that might play a role at some, uh, later on. I don't know. It's hard to say because he will have a bunch of arrows in him, I guess, which, will, <laughs> <laughs> which won't look very good. But either way, I, it might be interesting as far as, you know, if someone connects that necklace to Sansa, that's even more um, um, damning evidence, I guess. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, so other than that, we see him being, you know, little finger being kind of a creep again, touching Sansa in the arm in like super creepy way. Like, the creepiest way. Yes, he does, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then he kind of says, like, you know, he asks, she asks him, like, what are you after, right? And he's everything, which I guess we've kind of always assumed, but it's just such a vague statement, right? Yeah. Um, just high ambition. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, and he's, it's, he's it's, it's working so far, so you guess he can't complain with the results, um, even if um, the way he's doing it is kind of just... It, He's just the he's just the biggest wild card. I think we said that at the beginning of the season, right? That he's a, just a, he's a wild card as yeah, far as this whole of, thing. Yeah. And uh, you don't really know where his allegiances lie. I mean, essentially they lie with himself, but yeah. you don't know. Like, he's playing everybody. Yeah, he might have an ally, but he's not afraid. Like he was allied with the the Lannisters, and he just killed you know King yeah. Joffrey. So that really that doesn't mean anything. He's just out there for himself. So, moving on, so the, to con- finish connecting the pieces here, kind of tie up this whole uh, mystery of how and what happened with King Joffrey, we have Lady Olena and Marjorie sitting in that same garden, which is great because she even says, like, if I have to walk through this garden one more time, which I yeah, think is... she, she addresses it. Awesome. <laughs> which is, which is kind of funny as well. Um, so, we know that, Marge- that Olena and Littlefinger were conspiring to kill Joffrey, um, I, there could be some other aspects to it, but we don't know yet. It's possible. We're not sure at this point. You know that those two were connected. Yeah, Marjorie wasn't though. She wasn't yeah, aware. Yeah, you can. In this scene, is she's very surprised to yeah. hear. So she's ruled out. So Olena was the one. Which and if you guess, if you when I was reading some of the re, a recap um, from this episode to try to refresh my memory a little bit as far as writing uh, the prep work for the episode, um, mm-hmm. they mentioned some stuff from the scene from uh, the Joffrey's wedding scene. Um, and, uh, how she, you said what something happened. So she went up and she adjusted her necklace or whatever, when she was talking to her and she was talking about how, um, you know, it's such a shame to kill some, for someone to die at their wedding or whatever. Right. It's, which is kind of, you know, I guess she said something about men killing men at weddings. Yeah. um, but yeah, yeah, she fixes Sansa's hair and looks at the necklace and like, even if you pay attention when you rewatch it, there's like a little like clink. When she like detaches the jewel, mm. but you, it's like it's barely audible. So, my my question, I had someone else on the internet actually raised this as well, was that um, why have Sansa wear the necklace if if the only reason was to have her, you know, um, take the blame, right? Then why have her swept uh, whisked away with um, at the end of the episode, right? Well, so here's the thing. Right? We're talking about Baelish playing everybody. I don't think Olena knew that Sansa was being taken away. Mm. So that makes yeah no. Actually, you know what? I didn't think of, I didn't even consider that. That makes a lot of sense. So by doing that, 
it puts the it takes the eye away from from Olena and him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because then you assume Sanso had something more to do with it, even though yeah. if she'd been caught, she would have been blamed right at, then and there. Yeah. I don't like it's hard to say because his plans are like so th- like two three steps ahead. It's really hard to know why that would happen or why he would do it. But I'm sure we'll learn later. Um, but either way, yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it because I, I, no one I saw brought that up, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, anyways, Marjorie has no I had no idea, and then they kind of talk about um, what's gonna well, what next, you know? So they kind of tease that uh, Marjorie and uh, Tommen, Tommen will yeah. will be uh, I guess be arranged for not for the for the next marriage, and then Olena kind of gives some motivation as to why she might have killed Joffrey, other than the fact you know why I wouldn't let you marry that monster, which she said, um, but she also says that is some backstory about her seducing someone's brother when she was younger or uh yeah her, sister. her husband yeah anyway her sister's betrothed yeah who's yeah. supposed to be exactly it's all very confusing but um and how she and Mao marjorie somehow better at it which you could construe in a weird way like you'd say like she's better at you know yeah having sex with people which would be weird for her to know but anyway maybe she probably just meant seducing people i guess or she, i think she meant like just playing the role you know oh yeah like giving them what they want and that can mean a lot of things that's but fair. either way, though, she's playing them the whole time too. Yeah, and okay, look at me. And uh, you know what? I want to say that the Littlefinger Olena combo is pretty cool, right? Because they're both pretty cool, good schemers. They're, they're both the tacticians. Yeah, yeah. and like, Olena's like pretty straightforward as far as like wanting the best for her family as well. But it's just as well as not being you know a psychopath. And well, Littlefinger is kind of <laughs> and still a wild you know a wild card even in this relationship. Yeah. I think that's the same reason we always love the Olena and Tywin relationship. Like they they are both. The tacticians of their respective yeah. families they have very similar goals for their families they just don't always align with each other yeah and they're not psychopaths which is nice yeah generally they're they're reserved they, they know what they're doing <laughs> um but anyway so she kind of drops the hint that to get what they want marjorie's gonna have to play a role which she we wants to comment on yeah, their side which we need later so which which we've already seen that tommen's relationship with his mom is being um i guess weakened but there's other um so there's other things at play here so now that the the tyrells have a a stake in the game as well not that they didn't before but it's even larger now um so at this point actually the episode jumps to king's uh to castle black and then comes back but we're gonna stay with king's landing because i think it's easier to keep track of what's going on this way um so we'll talk cersei and jamie have a scene um Cersei's drinking a lot of wine, as she's uh, been known to do usual. lately. I swear her goblets get bigger each episode because this one <laughs> was huge. It was it would look like one of those like you know that um, that perspective uh, like face in goblet um, like black and white image that you see. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looked almost exactly like that. Like you could flip it upside down and you could drink from either end. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, She's still out for blood, still pissed off, which you could imagine makes sense because she's not only crazy, or she's going crazy. I think she's, you could probably say she's starting to slowly lose her mind um, yeah. over the last, you know. I don't even know about starting. Season. She's well into losing Well, yeah, her mind. but you could say that she's in the process of losing her mind, not, you know, that she's completely off the deep end, you know. She still has yeah. some coherent thought. Um, but the whole thing, she's still out for Tyrion's blood, and you know, so I guess if not Tyrion, Sansa. So she's she tells, you know, Jamie go kill, you know, if you're not going to kill Tyrion, because he says, you know, Tyrion didn't do it in a very, like, just like that, like, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so then if not Tyrion, then go kill Sansa, 
um, which he made the oath about keeping her safe, right? Yeah. Just to remind everyone. Um, and then I saw this again on- online as well, just from somewhere else, was that um, the whole... If you're if 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 Cersei is wrong about Tyrion, the real killer gets away with killing your son. Thing like people like that's if she could conceive that like that makes so much sense to everyone else, but she doesn't care. You know, like she doesn't yeah, even her care mind's if the made real, up. Yeah, like if she doesn't care if the real person killed her son gets away with it if Tyrion dies for that. You know. Yeah, well, she. I mean, she's always hated Tyrion, and she's always pretty much wanted an excuse to kill him. Yeah, but it seems odd. Like if you really cared about your son, you'd want the revenge on the person who actually committed the murder, not... I think also kind of the trauma of what happened made her a bit more close-minded about it. Like, she she sees this, and this is her answer, so if he dies, then yeah, and she, did she look has up. some solace. She did look up and see him gawking at that cup like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which didn't help. Um, which I think, in retrospect, if Tyrion could do it over again, he for sure would not have picked up the cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Nobody should have, but... Um, which I, 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 someone was saying in the other podcast I listened to was saying that that's actually right out of the book, um, that yeah. he actually picks up the cup and like, did you mention, I don't know if I can't remember if you mentioned this, that he, he, in the book, picks it up, looks at it, and then decides to pour out what's left or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. He kind of examines it and then, yeah, yeah it's just one of those things like, uh, not force of a habit, but just he just mindlessly does it, you yeah. know? He doesn't mean anything by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the scene, um... Cersei, oh, what, are you, what are you drinking there? This is uh, the old kokanee beer. Oh, I is it Glacier Fresh? It's Glacier Fresh. It's got condensation all over oh, the can. Oh, no. I'm really, je- I'm really jealous, actually. Uh, okay, I, sh- I shouldn't. No, I won't. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this scene ends with um, him kind of, she dismisses him, uh, very formally which is super cold but there's something i want to mention here is that this scene feels really out of place so given what happened last week with the whole controversy with um also do you know the whole controversy that oh yeah online? For sure so people are like are some people are very offended that others considered it wasn't rape and I'm, i don't want to get into it here because in my mind it very much was rape i mean so of course um we'll leave it at that but the whole point is that um given what happened last week between the two of them with the whole rape cess thing this scene doesn't make sense. The way that they interact, you could put this scene um, two weeks ago and it would, st- like their character interactions as far as like the way that they've like progressed and progression and character progression doesn't mm-hmm. fit as far as what happened. Like they don't even, nothing's addressed. Like I guess maybe that she had a big glass of wine, but she's been doing that anyway. So there's no, it doesn't make any sense to have well, it. Part of it than- is, it wasn't, I mean, as like, it wasn't, explained which it was a rape scene nothing was really explained but um as much as Cersei was saying no she did kind of want it too so and then also their relationship has kind of always been similar to that like they have these very in obviously a very inappropriate relationship and they do this kind of stuff to each other maybe not to that extent but it yeah, was no. something they both wanted kind of I don't want to get into that. I think it was, she pretty much says straight up no three or four times so I, it's definitely rape and I don't like I'm I said I don't want to get in I don't want to get into it. But this like that seemed like it was so much further. Like just the way that it was portrayed and like I know that a lot of people have been saying like it doesn't it doesn't fit as far as like like as far as Jamie's character progression at least like we've seen him becoming a better person and then he does this. 
Yeah. Uh, now, in especially with um, now seeing this episode where you have Jamie do arguably more good things in this episode than most characters have done in the entire series, mm-hmm. that that scene seems even more out of place, and um, it it bothers me even more that like that. I guess, I guess it was it's been in the book but it, in the book apparently it happened at a different time like and as soon as he'd come back that was yeah, like the first interaction um but given how the show's been doing it that scene makes doesn't make sense anymore yeah. and especially now with this one where it's almost it's just completely ignored it seems just odd I don't know I don't know. It, it's weird. I think I think in Jamie's mind he probably it wasn't rape. I think in his mind he didn't do anything wrong, and his Cersei's kind of conflicted about it maybe. Um, this it's kind of it's cool. Like something my girlfriend said actually recently about this. We were before we watched this last episode was how it's going to be interesting. She's most excited about what's going to happen to Jamie's character. He because he's changed a lot. Obviously he's been through a lot, and now that he's back with his family, how much is that going to change him back or yeah. at all? Well. Right? That's, yeah, that's fair. And he's you, obviously pretty conflicted as well with yeah. that kind of stuff. And you could say that last week that would have been something he, the old Jamie would have done, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, but then you have this scene, this week where it seems like it's what happened isn't addressed at all, not even a little. And like his character progression from two weeks ago just continues like it was on the same trajectory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's one of those things where, like, uh, people don't just change like that, you know. Like, you, he maybe he changes and regresses, and, and mm-hmm. you know, he goes back and forth in his mind and in his actions, and he's trying to do the right thing, yeah. but doesn't know how all the time. And at that moment, he was overcome with the wrong thing, obviously. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just, I don't know. I that's I I get it. I, I get it. I, but I, this I, this whole thing is really it's just it it's bother it's bothering me in a weird way, and I, I just we should. <laughs> We should just move on because it's... Yeah. It, I, I mean, I get it. In terms of a TV show, it may not have needed to be there. I don't think it accomplished much other than, like, all this controversy, but... Yeah, it, well, it 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 does the Game of Thrones thing where it's, where it's like, over the top. And sometimes I feel like the show is over the top for the sake of being over the top, which they do no, blatantly. Yeah. Yes, they do it blatantly in this episode later on, and that's... Um, and we'll get to it later, but okay. yes, they absolutely do do that. Um the whole term uh, sex position was invented for yeah, the show. Yeah, only the sex stuff, yeah. Yeah, but so... It's, like, it's the same way that Walking Dead has to have, like, a gross-out moment in every episode. Oh, yes, you don't watch it. No, I don't. But pretty but much every imagine. episode, there's the, the compulsory zombie that's, like, much grosser than all the other zombies or whatever, and it gets boring. I understand. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, if it's... If it's if it builds the plot, if it is... It, if it's useful toward telling the story and it helps convey... Uh, you know whether someone's you know terrible or really good or whatever then it makes sense but sometimes it's 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 like it's so obvious and so blatant that it's like you know what a yeah. little toned down would work just as fine but because it's hbo that they they feel like they maybe that they need to or that they they have the obligation to i'm not sure i don't know i think this the, the jamie cersei one wasn't one such like, i know it could have been a lot worse about. Yeah, uh, the scenes that you're talking about, like generally scenes like in the brothel where it's just like over the top, just yeah. in terms of there's a scene ex- explicitness. Right? There's a scene where a girl gets cum wiped off her. Yeah, she, I know. That's that's. There's no reason that needs to be. That doesn't have to be there at all. It well, doesn't have yeah, to be there. It doesn't have to be there. But like anyway, I, I don't want to get into the that. The well. scene wasn't as not. It wasn't as bad. It was pretty bad. But it, no. it was also it had more to do with their character relationship than the other scenes you're talking about. As far as from what I could, what I've been able to construe from from the people I like online that I know who've read the book and I trust and, and others that based on uh, all that it did, it almost didn't have to be in the, in the show at all. 
and that the show would have been just fine without keeping it in there, and that it was almost in there just because it was in the book, which they I felt like they haven't been um, beholden to that exact like that for a lot of things, but that almost seems like one of them. It's like, well, it was in the book, we should do it, you know. Um, well, I mean, you also like at this point in the books or in the show, you don't Jamie isn't like a good or bad guy. Like you don't you don't want to give him all these good scenes and no, make but it seem is, like he's changed so easily. No, I know I get what you're saying, but this is it's it's one thing to say, you know, hey. Yeah, like he's he's gotten better, but then hey, he went and um, he had incestual sex with his sister. It's another to say he went and raped his sister, which is a complete like that's like more than what he did before. I mean, the worst you could say he did before was push Bran out a window. Um, wow, yeah, sure, and other things. But like as far as just blatantly evil actions, this was one of them, and it's like it's just blatantly evil. I mean, maybe if it's not even if it's not in his mind, it, it like to the viewers course, it, yeah, it is, yeah. which is why it's it's odd as far as like, like we said, character progression. Um, anyways, seeing as how you don't want to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, the last thing you tell that, uh, Cersei tells him was to triple the, uh, the King's guard for Tommen, um, which leads right into the next scene, which, um, which is that Marjorie slips right by the King's guard and visits, uh, Tommen in the middle of the night. Um, so that's now that they're not doing a very good job. They let one king die just recently, and now they're just letting people wander in and out of the king's bedchambers in the middle of the night. So that's, you know, they need to maybe stock up on some better nights, I guess. Um, so the verbal kidnapping continues as far as Cersei's grip on, uh, Tommen. Um, so now not just now, not by, uh, Tywin, who we haven't, we didn't get to see this episode. So I'm a little disappointed by that, by that, because I always like a good uh, Tywin scene. Um, so she visits him in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, excuse me. Uh, like Olena kind of suggested, she didn't say, you know, hey, um, this is what you absolutely have to do, but she kind of took it upon herself. This is what she's going to do, um, and it's really awkward. <laughs> Like, uh, you're Especially not because she's so much older. Like, yeah, there's a big age discrepancy. It's like a lot. Like, it's not just like, okay, it's not like a 16 year old and like a, and like a, and a 50 or 50 year old. It's like a 13 year old who probably hasn't even had puberty yet. And, um, like, I guess, how old do you say Marjorie is like 25, 26? Maybe uh, younger than that, I'd say. Okay. So maybe 21. I'd say it's like Tommen's eleven and she's nineteen or something like that. But okay, well, either way, the 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 point is that's like it's very it's very much a very mature woman yeah yeah and a very inappropriate like small boy, um, and uh, anyway, it's it's just awkward. I think the way she does it is never it's never really done in like a like a sexual way, which is important. I think just because mm-hmm. I think Marjorie's been generally a pretty like a good person, um, if not like. A little flip floppish, like she just, you know, on well, to the next one. Yeah. Um, but other than that, she's been a good person, right? And she's not any doing anything really bad here. Would you say this is something that is like. No, a not necessarily. I mean, good or bad are subjective in this case, but like she's a schemer. She, yeah. She's doing it. She has. It's a means to an end, and she's. And he doesn't see it that way. So naive. she is taking advantage. So it is kind of bad. Yeah. I mean, I mean that it, as far as terms of. Game of Thrones, good or bad? Well, this is saying. the in least show, yeah. bad, I guess. <laughs> it's a scale of bad, uh, a continuum of bad. Um, 
anyway, we also, they, they chat about different things and he, she kind of like mentions how, you know, oh, I think we're supposed to get married and, you know, we should get to know each other better, but we should keep it a secret, which makes a lot of sense because you can imagine what would happen if, uh, Cersei found out. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then we meet probably the most important character on the show, uh, Sir Pounce. Uh, <laughs> We found out that Joffrey wanted to skin alive and then feed to him. So we found out he's he's even awful after death, which I think they like, it's funny that they keep they would do that even after he's dead. Keep reminding us how bad he was. Yeah. Um, and also he looks up at that uh, that dead boar's head in the in the bedroom and he's like, "Geez, why?" It's like this is really creepy stuff in here. <laughs> um, it's weird that he didn't like redecorate it all. I, well, like, it's pretty quick. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> you just like you think if you didn't like the boar's head, you could probably get it taken down. Um, but anyway, so they have that nice that they, they I guess it's not nice, but that chat together, and um, and then they, she kind of she kind of goes in to give him a kiss, and then puts it on his forehead, which I think everyone kind of had a sigh of relief when that happened. It was like, oh, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> and um, but like thinking about it, um, having thought about it, I think. The two of them would actually make a pretty good king. I mean, Tommen's pr- easily, you know, swayed, at least now as a kid. Yeah, but he has a sweetheart too. Like. Yeah, and 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 Marjorie's a smart, you know, she's a smart lady, right? And she's got, like, she's a nice person, right? There's not a lot of those, and like we talked about. I think they would actually would make a good king and queen, like, as far as being just, or and, and they don't seem dumb. Like, neither of them's dumb, right? So Well, I think Marjorie is she is still concerned with just her power like but she has helped the small folk a lot yeah. like she's been even if that's know, out of just charity getting, focus yeah. but yeah yeah but it's still it is about the tyrells and how much power they have so it is they're still playing the game of thrones but it, there oh, could be no, some nice, actual nice, nice, nice daniel that was good <laughs> there could be some uh some benefits to it for everybody as well yeah it's funny that they haven't mentioned the game of thrones since the first season or they'd had to do the the, the name drop and everyone's like, oh, that's the name of this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the place in the books. But... Do they actually say it a couple times? Yeah, well, I mean, only the first book is called the Game of Thrones. You guys have different titles, oh, right? Oh, okay. Do they mention the other titles in the other books? Uh, no, those ones are kind of weird. Like, uh, the second book is called The Clash of Kings. I'm pretty sure that's not ever mentioned in yeah, the book. That, yeah, that's fine. And the third, yeah, no, the rest aren't actually, because the third is A Storm of Swords, and that's never mentioned either. Um... But Game of Thrones is a few times. So yeah, no, other than yeah, like I said, their whole age thing aside, they would actually probably make a good king and queen. Yeah. As far as as long as like you know, like they said, as long as falls listening to their their counsel, even if, if some of their counsel is a little corrupt. Um, then uh, we move on back to uh, Jamie. So we just talked a lot about Jamie. So mm-hmm. he's having a great scene with Brienne, and um, this is I don't this it's really a toss up. I really liked this scene as. Uh, Mostly because uh, just out of the niceness, like the, a touch of niceness that in a terrible world that is Game of Thrones, seeing any of that, you're obviously kind of like drawn to it in a way. So it's up there as far as one of my favorite scenes uh, of this episode. And uh, so we, as, as we mentioned earlier, we see Jamie move further away from Cersei uh, by, by sending uh, Brienne to find Sansa instead of having her killed, right? Um, yeah. And we also see him for... Uh, move further um, from his father by giving her the sword that he gave him, um, which is another interesting thing. Uh, not to mention the awesome black armor which he also got, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> um, he also so he sent 
um, he sent Brienne to get Sansa to take her to her aunt again, right? Yeah. She's already going there. Yeah. Right now. Okay. And like I said, so is um, Arya. So there's a lot of people going the similar directions, which usually happens closer to the end of a season, and we're only the fourth episode. So hopefully things get a little bit more consolidated. As because I feel like when things get more consolidated, you get better character interactions. And yeah, you like are, when different combinations yeah, meet up, which has been great for as far as King's Landing the last like this whole season because you've been like a lot of different ones that have been really really great. Um, so. I think you really see Jamie struggling with this time, like, how do you do the right thing? For him, he's like, okay, Jamie, or, I mean, Cersei is, is um, she's a lost cause. She's, it's, like, I, I think he's really starting to come to terms with that in some way. Um, I think, it's hard to tell just because it, they of what happened last week. But if you were to ignore that, I guess, not, but not ignore it, but, like, to just put it aside, it does seem like he's kind of coming to terms with the fact that she, he does not, you know that that's not going to happen it's not going to go back to how it was right yeah yeah um so he's trying to do the right thing and for him that means protecting sansa like his like he made the oath to do protecting his brother and at least not throwing him under the bus bus and and uh and killing him anyway um and also letting pod go with her. yeah exactly that so helps Tyrion out as well exactly so he sends pod when pod has the best face he like they <laughs> cut to his face and he's just so happy he's like looks like a almost as happy as he looked when he saw that girl contorting in the <laughs> a couple episodes ago um so brienne he gives him the sword uh gives her the sword and he asks her what you're gonna name it and then we get the the oath keeper which is the name of the title of the episode as well as in reference to Jamie's good deeds, which is the opposite of what he is as an oath breaker as far as killing, you know, being the Kingslayer, right? Yeah. Which is, I guess, like, very touching. It's a touching scene. Um, yeah. Brienne's, uh, like, almost in tears. And... Yeah. And then we, and you, pres- like, they say their goodbyes, and, like, and, you know, you can tell that, you know, Brienne's obviously, yeah, like she said, is pretty much breaking, almost essentially broken down into tears. Like, she's, like, quivering lip style. Mm-hmm. And Jamie, like, like you said, Nicolai Castro-Waldo, great job this whole episode. He has a, great job of showing his like his how he's conflicted on his face when he's doing this whole thing um like does he really want to give up the sword probably not but he you know all these there's a lot of things that he's doing that he knows are i think are right and he i think i think he'll come to terms with that later on like as far as like feeling content in his actions but yeah i think now he still feels very conflicted um so they say their goodbyes i think jamie pretty much assumes he's never gonna see her again um it's very unlikely as far anyway at this point um we also see that like that hint of that romance that brienne has uh for jamie which i've always thought was a little odd uh, it always seemed more like a mutual respect thing than it was like a romance thing and you know saying you know i'll find the sense of force for catelyn but you know but also for you um yeah there's a little bit of back and forth there but it's never really it's it's that it's never really fleshed exactly. out and I, I don't think it needs to be i just think it was more oh, yeah for sure it's like i said the the mutual respect was more important um so, then he said, Podrick goes along with them. Podrick gets a, an axe, which is, I guess, pretty small, actually, for him, <laughs> considering it's Ty- uh, Tyrion's axe from the Blackwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both get a horse, and uh, they're off, you know, kind of like to save a damsel in distress kind of thing. Um, ah, what else? I don't know. It's, a, it's just a bunch of niceness, like I said, in this, <laughs> in this, in this scene. Like, 
when Pod gets Tyrion's axe, right? And we have we have Bronn here because you know that just spices up the scene a little bit more because he's great. And then um, it's just really interesting how you have Jamie, who arguably is probably one of the least, the most hated characters at the beginning of the show. You could also almost at the beginning, yeah, yeah. You could trace it this whole all everything that happened almost all the way back to him pushing Bran out the window and being a dick about it, right? Um, to now, where I think he's probably one of the most liked characters on the show. I mean, if you were to pull all of the audience as far as they might not even remember that he did that, you know? Um, sure. It just it's it's just so crazy. Like I think you mentioned this. I think probably two years ago, you said, you know, oh yeah, you hate Jamie now, but you know, wait a couple of years. <laughs> Um, which I was pissed off at you for even saying, but it turns out you're right. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's grown out and he's turned out he's a pretty good guy. Um, or at least he can be, even though he has done some well, pretty terrible things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I was going to mention the whole, um, the whole thing with the rape cest here, but we talked about it earlier, so, uh, we can skip that. Um, <laughs> so now that I think that covers everything at, um, King's Landing. Is there anything I missed? Or is there anything you want to touch on before we move over to other parts of the world? Oh, that's pretty good. No? Okay. Uh, let's get to the... I found the stuff in the north to be more important. Okay. okay. Um, so, we have at Castle Black, we start off with Sam immediately regretting his decision to take Regret, uh, Eg- or not Egret, uh, to Gilly, to Molestown. Yeah. Um, which makes a lot of sense because it was a dumb idea in the first place and he he even lays out the reasons that we laid out last week saying why it was a dumb idea like literally he said oh wait there's there's <laughs> i'm an idiot oh yeah there's wildlings in the south too attacking a bunch of villages what makes them think they're not gonna like i don't it's dumb although john doesn't seem to agree he thinks he was a good idea for some reason um they actually just... I, I think neither sam nor john really trust a lot of people at the night's watch as yeah. well so we have John uh, actually discussing Bran. So did, I don't know if they even, t- like, did he tell him before or we just assume that happened off screen? Yeah, yeah, it was off screen. Um, and he's kind of, it seems weird because for the whole, like, up till now, you'd assume that his pretty much his motivations have been to uh, protect the Night's Watch, you know, uh, do the, like, be there, protect the, the realm as his, like, as his job would, like, entail, you know. Yeah. Um, have, you know, with honor. But now it kind of seems like, okay, I know where Bran is. I can maybe go get well, him. I he guess. doesn't like, know where Bran is. This is kind of like maybe two birds with one stone, you yeah, know? Yeah, okay. So, because he proposed the whole go to Craster's Keep, and he's saying that hey, no, none of the other wildling like, camps are going to have like food or shelter. It's all going to be abandoned. The only one that has people at it is the Craster's Keep, right? So, they know where to, we know that they're 60 miles away. Right, he even says it. It's a sixty-mile yeah. trek through snow to get there. So, with that in mind, with what happens later in the episode, it's gonna be a while before they get there, right? Uh, well, so, I mean, they have horses. Sixty miles isn't that far. But not all of them have horses. They don't always take horses either. They didn't take horses last time. Well, that's because there are so many of them. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't, you know, they probably won't take horses. This time <laughs> <either>. <laughs> in the books, they always have horses. A lot of them have horses, but. Unless they're undead horses, <laughs> um, but even even walking sixty miles won't take that long. Really, walking sixty miles that doesn't take long. No. Okay. <laughs> a couple. That's at least like a. That's like a through snow. It's not even just like it's uh, a couple of days. Okay. Well, still. I guess we'll if see. he's there by next episode, I'll be confused. I'll just put it that way. As far as the time, like the 
the the timelines they set out in the show it doesn't it takes longer than one like week to the next as far as uh time gaps for him to get that to get to crasher's keep so two episodes maybe i could buy one i'll be a little bit confused as far as like how did he get there did he teleport um kind of thing um so we also see john training some new recruits and we also see uh some scheming from alistair thorne alistair thorne um and who is he again and why is he in charge why does he have any power at all okay alistair thorne in the first season he was the one that was in charge of training all the recruits and he hated john okay John was really good, but he was a bastard. Blah blah blah. And well, I don't John know why they I don't know why him. they cared about that. Like, it always seemed odd to me. Like, no, no. Also, John kind of stood up to him and, oh. and like challenged his authority a couple times. So, and, and then, he tried to kill him almost at one point because okay. he was goading him about his father. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, he essentially, with all those people going out and Lord Momart dying and everybody being gone. He's the acting commander. He's the he is the okay. highest ranking officer right now. And then Janice Slint, who's the guy from King's Landing, right, is yeah. uh, kind of telling him, "Hey, you should probably get John killed because turns out the <laughs> turns out when you're choosing a new Lord Commander, it's just a popularity contest. <laughs> yeah. Well, they vote, yeah, yeah. So um, it would most likely be John. Is what they're saying. So there's another two birds in one stone. You know, hey, yeah, let them send them out onto that. You know, that plan he suggested last week. Although they seemed to agree on it last week, and all of a sudden it was like, no, don't do it, which is, and then, okay, yeah, do it. It was really weird, but... Well, no, they didn't agree on anything last week. He just kind of, John said what was up, and then it kind of cut to the next scene. Okay. Um, so that's their kind of their plan. Send them, send them north, hope they get killed, really. Yeah. Um, but then we also see that uh, who's Locke is now at uh, the Night's Watch. Which also, that was really quick. Yeah. Again, he got there in two episodes. Like So I feel like two episodes is long enough. If you haven't seen him in two episodes, he gets there. It's weird to me. So it does are the people in the Night's Watch aware of what's going on? Or did he kind of like, can you just join up with them? Like, can you just wander up north and be like, hey, I want to join? Like, how much. does that work? Yeah. yeah well, they, they're so few in number right now. You And pretty much they'll take anyone they can get. Like, that's why they take all the prisoners from all the cities, okay. you know? So... Locke like, comes north to the wall, joins up with the Night's Watch. Which, by the way, from where he was to the wall is much more than 60 miles. Okay. So it's a long so. time. She should have taken longer, but I guess <laughs> they don't have time to do that. Yeah. It's like it's really weird. Like, like when they talk about like the King's Road, how long that is to get from, like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Winterfell to, to King's Landing is, like, should take like weeks like it was like it's literally like how long is Arya who's on a horse like how long has she been in the Erie for it's like it's weird when you have like these like time gaps where it seems like things take forever to get places well, where also, other you, times you, other people don't yeah but you can also like un- understand like each scene like they aren't happening chronologically even though we are seeing them in that order like there could be Bran's scene where he is captured at Craster's could be happening after John's already left the wall we're just I guess I don't stuff. think they ever really. I don't think that ever shows really ever established that that's the case. I think it is happening. Um, it's if either not at the same time, like, um, or like, like when you have scenes in King's Landing, you'll have a scene, and then the, the next scene will happen after. Yeah. But you could say, let's say that whatever's happening in um, Essos is happening at the same time as what's happening in King's Landing is happening at the same time as you could say that, but they'd never really established that that's really what the case. And if anything, it's like they absolutely. There's nothing happening. Like if you see a scene, it's not happening before another 
something you've seen earlier. Like I don't, I don't think. I mean, it, it could be the way, well, the way it works is, is that you're seeing and seeing it's, it's that character's story, and the only time that you really have any sense of where uh, how it applies to the rest of the story is just when they meet up with other characters or when they learn something about what happened yes. with another. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but it did, which kind of makes it really hard to understand like how that works. But I mean, that's just the necessary evil of how the show is constructed. So yeah. Because it spreads so thin already. Like. Yeah. So, John gets permission to go north, obviously, because that's that's their, Alistair's plan. Um, and then he makes this rousing speech, um, gets a couple people to join up uh, with him to go north. Locke being one of them. Locke, with the eeriest music playing over top. <laughs> like, literally, like, it was like, it was like, direct, like, stop, stop the good music, play the creepy music, and linger on him who's standing in the light while it's, <laughs> like, like, you know? Um, and just as a reminder for everyone who's trying to keep up, he was sent by Roose Bolton. He's the guy who cut off Jamie's hand. He was sent off by Roose Bolton to find the remaining Stark kids, including John. Yeah. So no, no, no. He was only sent to find Bran Rickon. He's not supposed to kill John. No, he doesn't care about John. Bran Rickon, because John has no claim to Winterfell. Yeah, I guess. Right? Well, no, no claim to the North. Okay. Because he's sworn to the Night's Watch already. He can't. He can't oppose Roose Bolton as Warden of the North. Bran can because he's a, he's the last son of yeah. Ned Stark. Okay, yeah, that makes sense then. Oh, he's not the last son. Bran and Rickon are both alive. Well, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like the, who, the, who we have yet to see, by the way. Now, four I don't episodes think we're in, gonna see a lot of him, man. I just want to. Okay, I just want to know if they get to where they're going. Like, okay, so we know that uh, Locke is after them, but now he's on to Bran, right? So, yeah. Um, I guess. The trail's kind of cold as far as uh, Rickon, or Rickon. So, by the way, does Rickon have his his direwolf shaggy dog yeah. with him? He does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, did they have two two direwolves with them earlier in the like in season three? I don't remember that. Yeah, a few times. It's shaggy dog and summer. Yeah. Okay. They go and they save John when they. When he's yeah. Supposed to kill that but old I thought man. I only, I've only seen the one, but maybe I'm wrong. Um. So I think that. That pretty much covers everything as far as what's going on at the wall. Uh, but well, there is some stuff going on north of the wall at Crasher's Keep. So how do you know when someone's evil, Dan? What's the best way to tell? Their laugh? No, when they're drinking wine out of a guy's skull, obviously. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> also, when there's rape going on left and right. <laughs> um, at and the, the same time. And the way he's time. in that chair, yeah. Yeah, he's like very much like sitting like... Uh, like holding the cup from the bottom, a skull cup, and like, like lean down. I'm trying to describe it, like doing it while I'm sitting here, but <laughs> it, it, you can't really see. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I actually really like this guy, the actor who plays. Um, I can't even remember. Uh, His name is Coyle. Really? I thought not, it was, not I heard, the actor, the character. I thought it was Carl. No, it's Coyle. Are you sure? I read. I heard Q O Y L E. Okay, is there another character named Carl with a K? Nope. Mm, okay. Coil count sound kind of it sounds like Carl. I have K A R L. Maybe I'll look up the IMDb. Maybe whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, I mean, it was Coil in the books. I kind of just assumed from there. They might have changed it. I I heard Carl. Either way, Carl's a little like not Game of Thronesy name, yeah. <laughs> Sir Carl. Um, anyway, so I actually like I said I really like this actor. He's a really good character actor and other things, but he plays like a, this one a little over the top. And like I know he's supposed to be crazy, like literally insane yeah um but like it's like so this whole scene is just way over like this is the definition of way over the top um is this from the books by the way dan like the the whole like 
mutiny maybe is, but is this what's happening here? Is this from the books? No, no, no. no none of it is. Okay, <laughs> the mutiny. Does, the mutiny. Wait, the mutiny doesn't happen in the books either. No, the, the mutiny happens, and that's the last you kind of hear of them, as far as I remember. Mm. Um, oh, actually, you know what? That makes sense. Okay, because what I understand, and this is from hearing from book readers, is that they're actually could possibly be spoiling future book plots in this episode. Is that possible? Oh, well, not that I've read so far. Well, okay, you said That's that right, well, we, well, we talked about, um, like, like spoilers from book six is what, is what people are saying, is that, um, like you said, they never explicitly said that the kids from the uh, from Craster's Keep were, like, you assume that they were... Part, yeah. Yeah, so there was never explicitly said, but now they make it, like, explicit. That is what's happening, or I guess yeah. whatever that is. I was actually really upset with that final scene, but we can talk about it after. Yeah, that, we more... yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Um... So we have, uh, what the, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call him Carl for now. <laughs> we have Carl being evil, um, talking about how evil he was and how evil he is, um, and then uh, one of an, another kid, another son of Craster is born, um, and then you get a little bunch of the chanting with the gift to the gods, gift to the gods. And everyone's like, he's like, shut up. <laughs> um, so, so they they do the same thing, like they 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 kind of take it out and like leave it for the, the white walkers just because he's got a whole thing with mouse to feed. Okay, I guess he, he says that a couple of times. He doesn't want any more. Yeah, mouse they're, to they're feed. running out of Craster's food. They, okay. they don't have any of their own. Yeah. Um, and then they mentioned that, um, I guess snow, uh, ghost is alive. They have kept ghost alive. They yeah. captured ghost and they put him in a cage and kept him alive. And then even the guy is like, why are we keeping him alive? Why haven't we killed him yet? And I like I'm wondering kind of the same thing. I yeah, guess, uh, me too. You have you have no insight on this as far because you're not a book reader, but like it's really odd. Like it's like why would you keep this this wolf alive, and especially if you're running out of food? The wolf obviously hates you. Could kill all of you in a second. It benefits you. It doesn't benefit you at all. Yeah, I, I, I make. I guess weird. But he's like, know. yeah, go make sure you give this meat to the dog. <laughs> I think, and especially, and then they're wasting budget on like. And it, it's not really super expensive to how they like how they do the wolves. Like they they film a wolf like a, a regular dog, like it looks like yeah. a wolf, and then they just blow it up to make it look bigger. Yeah. Um. Which isn't, I guess, super expensive, but still special effects. Which is like I would have been fine with not seeing a ghost here at all, and yeah. having more just stuff happen. That he's in, alive. Yeah. Exactly, having more stuff happening in Marine. Not that I'm sure that doesn't work. Like one for one, if you don't see this, you get more of that. Like I don't. It's not quite like that, but. Whatever. That's how. I'm still assuming nothing about how I how television shows are made. I'm assuming that's how that works. Um, so they leave uh, they leave the baby out in the snow, and you get this kind of cool scene where the, like the ice, the water he pours by the dog, which just antagonizing the dog for uh, the, the wolf for no reason. Yeah, because dogs really understand what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it just freezes really fast. Which have they done that before with White Walkers, where it gets cold around them? It gets cold really fast. The one time when Sam saw, or a couple times. They say it gets really cold really fast when White Walker's around. Okay. Um, and then the baby's crying. And so that crying alerts Bran and his peeps to uh, what are, what's going on. And um, so, yeah, so they go and investigate. He uses... Well, yeah. He uses Summer to uses, go investigate. And then he gets, also gets captured. It falls into a hole and is hurt, apparently. Um, it's like a trap that the mutineers set up. Yeah. And... Uh, and then they also get caught like super, like super fast. Like they're like right there, and then like boom, they're caught. 
which because they're not very good at sneaking around apparently because obviously it's hodor he's not going to be very good at that <laughs> um so they're taken into craster's keep then we get carl being a jerk you know the whole mouse defeat thing and then to stop to kind of save his friends he bran reveals that who he is which i guess would mean that he's a good hostage to have yeah he's, he's worth a lot of money okay or, um you know. could be could be worth a lot of money yeah um, value. so we know we know like i said we know john's coming up there so that's another potential meetup uh but this one seems a lot more ominous like something bad can happen way faster um and then you have what's his um what's brand's the the other the other he's not a warg but you can see visions um what's his name jojin jojin he's a green seer yeah so what, what does that mean exactly he just has visions. yeah he has prophetic dreams okay Pretty much. So at one point he so when they're captured that he goes into this like crazy dream state thing where he starts seizuring right. Mm-hmm. Um, the next scene we have is the baby being picked up by the White Walker. So this is one of my my theories. And the baby's not crying, and we see perspective from the baby's eyes. It's very similar to the perspective we've seen as far as like whenever uh, Bran is warging or in like in other like it's similar to those kinds of scenes right okay so my theory is that he's actually seeing what's happening like um jojen's seeing what's happening from the baby's perspective um because he's not he does why is he not crying it makes no sense he's very calm like he being held by this the creepiest possible thing you could be held by um on a undead horse that moves very slow you i feel like you could walk faster and they get to this i guess cave i thought it was going to be like the tree that he saw in his uh in his vision i thought that was going to be there it's not um it's just like a an ice some sort of weird ritual thing yeah and then we find out that white walkers are created by turning babies into white walkers i guess that's what that is yeah so that i don't know what like <laughs> none of this is ever explicitly said in the book basically all they say about Crash's babies is that yeah they're a gift to the gods or a sacrifice to the old gods all the boys and that's that's it like okay. even the part where John saw a white walker pick one up that's all just made up it's implied a lot and you kind of you make your own, your own assumptions but it's never really clear whether they're just like letting babies die or babies are actually being taken blah 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 but, uh, yeah, this whole part was weird. Yeah. The White it's, Walker brings it, and there's a white, another White Walker that looks different. And it seems like hair, a couple of, yeah. And it seems like there's a couple others. Yeah, and there. they all have, like, robes. It looks like they're, like, some sort of cult. Yeah. And, like, and then, okay, so what did, like, how does this work? Do you turn it into, and then is there a baby White Walker that grows into a full-grown? Ah, see, I don't like, know. That's, like, that's really confusing to me. I don't know. Um, so, like, but here's it, the other thing. Like, there's so many times when white walkers just turn like a regular dude into a white which is like a zombie essentially yeah, with blue eyes but they're usually dead right so is it like only those guys in the robes with the horns can turn a, a human into a white walker and the other white it, walkers does have, it have like to, a piece of that power yeah, and does it have to be babies yeah i don't i don't know like like does it have to be like a like a, a malleable mind or something like that or and like the, the visuals of it was cool with the eyes turning blue and stuff that was cool but it just it just it's confusing. I and like there's been scenes before where like uh, I don't understand what's happening. This is yeah. one of them. They um, just wanted to end the episode with a bang, and that's what they yeah. chose. But. Instead, yeah. Okay, so there's this really great. I want to read this. Um, uh, I guess passage from I, a recap that Entertainment Weekly did. Uh, they do a recap every week for Game of Thrones, and uh, it's written by James Hibbard. So. Um, <clears throat> the usage of the babies uh, also touches upon a thread uh, we're seeing in the show's portrayal of magical beings. 
Danny's dragons were born in a wake of her grief over the unintentional sacrifice of her own children uh, and the demise of her husband as well. Melisandre said she needed to sacrifice the king's bastard Gendry to give Stannis a dragon, which I wasn't, I don't remember that being the, what she said, but anyway. Um, Melisandre's smoke monster assassin was portrayed as a baby that she created with Stannis. Now we learn that the Craster's sacrificed babies are turned into White Walkers. It seems that magic can be used to create magical beings in this world, but in this, in each case, a living component must be sacrificed, which is interesting. I just thought I'd, I'd point that out. I, oh, yeah, that's cool. They, they, I mean, Melisandre does kind of talk about that a lot, like the power, like for a great yeah, ma- does, uh, power, you have to sacrifice a lot. It needs a living thing to be sacrificed. But did did she ever say that she was going to give Stannis a dragon? She said that she would give him a son at one point, and then he started banging her, and then... That, that smoke monster happened in the books she says that she with the power of Gendry or it's not Gendry it's Edric Storm in the books I'm pretty sure she says that with his the power of his blood she'd be able to wake the dragons of Dragonstone it's like old myth that all the dragons that are carved into the the town the city of Dragonstone would actually come alive oh okay I think that's that's what she's getting at. I don't know if that I, I'm I sure know. that part doesn't happen in the show yeah. but she may mention it at some other point okay all right well overall impressions what did you think of this episode Overall, is is man, it was kind of the weakest point so far this season. But it, really, so okay, yeah. so we've been doing this every week, rating what our favorites of this ep- season have been, like in order. What was it? Which get harder every week, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we're only at four, so we might as well keep doing it. What? Where would you put this one? Last really? three, two, one, four. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I mean, it was okay, but it's not a lot really got accomplished. You know. Yeah. Okay. So. And it didn't have any of, like, all of your favorite characters. Oberyn wasn't in it. He's one of my favorites, whatever. But out of the main characters, Daenerys and Jon were both in it, and neither one of them had a really cool climactic scene. They were both just in it. Barely. Yeah, Daenerys in it, like, she said a couple words. Yeah. Jon, same thing. Same with even Tyrion is also a fan favorite. He, you know, he was in there. I mean, what do you expect? That was a good obviously. scene. That was a good yeah, scene. Yeah, it was a good scene. But, again, I just I felt like it was a lot of... Not this wasn't filler. This was just not stuff at all. That had I don't to be, think it had to be addressed, and it's just some some of the stuff that has to be addressed is more boring than the other stuff. Maybe I liked it because we got answers for things that we've been wondering. Yeah, for to a while. the mystery, and I I already know knew that, so that wasn't really compelling. So yeah, we got we got the answer to that. Um, we got we also got some more like things have moved a little bit more. So we got like I said, Locke is at uh, is up there. We have things with. Uh, Bran is now more involved with the main story. He's not just off by himself. Like the, yeah. like there was actually a lot of content in this episode, and like we're all already at an hour and six minutes as far as recording. Um, yeah, which means that we've talked more about this episode than we have almost any other this season. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that rape thing, though. Yeah, no, sure, I, <laughs> and which I think it was important to discuss because that was just of how. Um, I don't even know how to, like, just, it was really messed up, and I wanted to, and especially because it was such a big controversy, and I wanted to just yeah. make sure we kind of fell on the right side of it, and I'm not coming as someone who, like, uh, off as someone who's, I don't want to get into it again, but someone who <laughs> didn't, what's the word, who's not, um... No matter what, it's bad, it's bad. Yeah, it's There's bad, no that's pretty much, that was pretty much what I was trying to say, and I mentioned saying that... apologetic for it, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want, I didn't, because there has people that came down in that way, and even the show creators, you could true kind of may have misspoken a little bit even if they didn't mean it that way that's like anyway um so i liked it i think this is maybe my hmm, i get my second favorite episode of the season so two three uh two four three one i guess 
That's weird. I don't, and I honestly, I don't remember what I rated them last week. So I guess it's, it, it, cha- it changes all the time. And it's harder for me to remember what happens in each episode all the time. Cause it kind of just blurs together. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. So this is I don't know. one Overall, of those, like, I, I had, like I said, I had my, my, my misgivings as far as late, especially the beginning, like, kind of was like did not start me off well with this whole like mm-hmm. oh we got the city but we didn't see it happen and it seemed like really way too easy but then they kind of built up i like the stuff with jamie uh the stuff in king's landing was is always is great but then we also got some actual like things started happening north of the wall again which is great um and that's why i liked it also anytime you can see a white walker is cool even if it's new for everyone and not just which is nice i actually like when book readers are kept on their toes a little bit too oh for sure uh, it's just that stuff like that I don't know that that needs to be shown to anybody. We kind of assumed that was happening, but it you can't why assume anything, it? I guess. Like, why like why no, not I mean, show we, it? Why if you're going to see the white walkers pick up babies, it's just there was we, not there was nothing. The whole mystery is we didn't know what was going on with the babies. Even if you thought you might know, you didn't know. Okay. Now it's the mystery. I'm pretty sure the majority of people would have assumed that's what was happening. Well, I don't think it's Otherwise, fair to they assume. Just I don't think it's ever fair to assume that the majority of people ever can figure out what's happening. Well, I, with that one, it was pretty obvious. If, even from if you read the books, book. if you no, re- even without reading the books, no, I don't think that's, that's I don't think that's obvious at all. I don't think I had literally no idea what the hell they were doing with those babies. That wasn't one of your guesses. That, I, well, I didn't. You had I, I didn't. Six different suspects for the murder mystery. And you never once thought that the White Walkers were turning. Well, babies. I also didn't think we also didn't think a lot about what was going on over there. Like I just it wasn't really it hasn't been touched on for a couple like a couple seasons. I guess. And like, I haven't really put a lot of thought into it, but. Yeah, no, I did. I that wasn't. I first thing I thought of when I saw those babies being taken away by the White Walkers was, oh yeah, they're for sure making more White Walkers by touching them with their gross nails, like that, like, you know. Well, maybe I didn't think all those details. No, I, I know, but still, I mean, yeah, great. You know, good on you for guess for figuring it out. You know, congratulations. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm more mad because I also I read not I didn't read anything on. I, I wasn't looking for spoilers or anything, but I read something online where they named the guy that touched the baby. Really. Which has not been in the book, so I'm not sure if someone just made up the name or. If that's oh yeah, something. no, I heard someone say that because it got even like some like a like in a. Yeah, somewhere like someone dropped the name of someone. Yeah. Or the also, name of the said, maybe it was the name of the baby. It was what did they name the baby? Well, they didn't. Are you sure? Yeah, because the in in the north north of the wall they don't name babies until they're like two years old. Oh, because oh, you don't want to name someone because they're gonna die. It's bad. It's bad luck to name a child before he's two or something like that. But um. We also said in our podcast we wouldn't do any spoilers, so we can talk about it all after the podcast. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, yeah. I heard, I heard that, I saw that online, like on Twitter somewhere, like when I was after the thing that I heard that um, book readers are pissed, apparently, and that, that there was a name was dropped. I don't know what it was or where it was from that um, gives away something from, like, I'm, I guess, not, maybe not even gives away, but maybe clarify something that was happening in the books that wasn't you know it's it's not even about giving it it's about something that i, I would rather have experienced through the mm. book that's out of place right now in this in the show okay but that's but we're talking about it as a show and i think it was fair to assume that this might have happened at some point you know like i think it's real early for that to happen there's a plenty there's a lot of content left in this this is still the third listen, book listen i wouldn't be very i wouldn't be surprised if we haven't if we don't see the white walkers again for another season so um uh, Maybe we'll see. I don't. know. Well, I mean, like as far as like what's going on over in that sacrifice chamber or whatever, I wouldn't be like if you don't ever no, see yeah. anything that happens up there again, it probably won't be for a while. So, yeah, sure. I mean, forget it happened, and then when it actually happens, I think you'll you'll still enjoy it for what for what it is. Don't yeah. forget it, but like just you probably won't really even think about it that much, really, 
because it's probably not going to be really touched on because it happened. No one knows what's going on unless, like I said, unless my theory with um, Jojen is tri- is right and he does see what's happening. So that would be pretty cool. That would be cool. That's a, it's a good idea. I don't. I would. I couldn't tell you yes or no to that. No. Oh, and I wouldn't want you to. So. Um, well, I then. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think that could. I think we can wrap it up there. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Tower Babblecast. Uh, it's B A B B L E. And uh, make sure to visit the website, www.towerbabblepodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, subscribe and like on iTunes. I think that, 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 yeah, join us next week um, for the season four, episode five, first of his name. Until then, uh, we'll talk to you later. Today's Game of Thrones cover was performed by Acoustic Bites. You can find them on YouTube at youtube.com slash acoustic bites. Hey guys, welcome to, uh, I actually forgot what I was going to (laughs) say.